The Gucci Girl, Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, principal at Top Sale Strategies, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Ritan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, an article by Wayne Friedman in Publishers Daily about uh, millennials and how they consume news. We know that millennials really are driving a lot of digital news consumption, and it's higher than for older adults. Um, but believe it or not, their total news consumption from digital and television sources is actually lower. So digital news reaches 88% of millennials. That's ages 21 to 37 in a month. This is according to Nielsen. And a little bit less than that for adults 38 and older at 80%. But when you look at total news consumption, um, they're only tallying about 146 hours a month whereas older adults are almost quadruple that, 502 hours. Really, it comes down, according to Nielsen, that uh, when millennials are watching TV, um, that they're just not watching that much TV, right? And radio is trailing as well. Um, There are major news events, of course, that can spike millennial television and um, radio consumption of Um, That's for sure. I mean, we all turn on the TV when there's a national disaster or a presidential election, things like that. But really, when it comes down to it, they are strictly getting their news online. Really, really important for those of us in this business where we're trying to reach millennial through the media to understand. Our first profile today is the reasonable luxury mom. This is a woman 35 to 45, married with kids under age 12 in the home, uh, 50% graduated from college, um, and yep. They live in a house, and for the most part, they're living in a city. So this woman loves luxury, but she struggles with her desire for luxury items and the role of being a mom. In other words, I don't want to have to spend a lot of money on me because I'm going to feel guilty, but at the same time, I really struggle with that. So whether it's household items, cars, vacations, or what, she sees this this kind of shopping as an escape, and she also sees retail environments as a way to get a sense of luxury and escape uh, without going too far from home. So uh, when it comes to teaching her kids about money, she says, you know, I try to teach my kids to be careful with money, but it's hard to resist them when they ask for non-essentials, but she is willing to go out and shop around for different and better pricing, and she does look for special offers. She does prefer to, like I said, be in that store in large part because of employees' knowledge, uh, and she does see herself as an opinion influencer with her friends as well. She can easily sway others into brands that um, she may love and want them to try. So what are those brands? Well, she's a huge Chanel, Victoria's Secret, MAC, um, 
fan. She's also shopping at uh, J. Crew and Gap and Calvin Klein. She's driving Volvo, Mercedes, and Audis, and she's online a lot. Like we said, uh, she's watching HGTV, like the rest of the world, Nickelodeon. Disney, because she has children, and she is reading uh, Parenting Magazines, Good Housekeeping, Vogue, Elle, and Real Simple. Well, my guest today knows a lot about those digital, online, news-consuming millennials because she is a former journalist, and her job is to place those stories with media for her clients. Christina Nicholson's the founder of Media Maven, and she was an award-winning journalist who worked in many, many markets around the country, uh, finally ending up at a market there in Miami. And, um, you know, now what she does is she really works with companies to try to help them pitch and place stories that are going to resonate with their target stakeholder. And she works a lot with influencers. And I know many of you listening today really struggle with how do I get stories placed? How do I know if an influencer is going to work for my business? And at the end of the day, is it all worthwhile? Well, Christina's going to be able to answer those questions today. You're going to want to stick around. Purse Strings returns after the break. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Content Marketing World 2018 comes to Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Learn more at contentmarketingworld.com. Content Marketing World 2018 is the one event where you will learn and network with the best and brightest in the content marketing industry. Content Marketing World will have over 120 sessions and workshops presented by the leading brand marketers and experts from around the world covering strategy, storytelling, ROI, demand generation, AI, and more. Leave Cleveland with all the materials you need to build a content marketing plan that will grow your business and inspire your audience. Save $100 off of registration using promo code radio one. That's radio and the number 100. Don't miss Content Marketing World 2018 in Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Register now at contentmarketingworld.com. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for its 7th Annual International Mobile Web Award Competition. This award program is an opportunity for mobile developers to demonstrate their expertise in this growing medium. It recognizes the individual and team achievements of web professionals all over the world who create and maintain outstanding responsive and mobile websites and mobile applications. Deadline for entry is September 28, 2018. Submit your entry today at www.mobile-webaward.org. That's mobile-webaward.org. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. 
Purse Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. My guest today is Christina Nicholson, founder of Media Maven. She's an award-winning journalist with more than a decade of experience anchoring, reporting, writing, blogging, video production, editing, social media, photography, and live TV. In other words, she does it all. Uh, you can see a lot of her work. Uh, it's been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, Huffington Post, and so on. Um, and what I really love about Christina, besides the fact that she's a recovering journalist, is the fact that we both worked in Miami. Christina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to have you here. And you know, I I do a lot of uh, meet and greets with the journalists who are trying to get out of that business and move into to other businesses because of kind of what's happening with the state of journalism these days. But I, I don't know your story. So please tell me and everyone listening today about your transition from a working journalist to public relations and kind of what led you to get out of that news business and in, into what I like to call the relationship and storytelling business. Yeah. So as you mentioned, my background is in TV. Um, Miami was my last market. I worked, um, I started actually in New York City for a cable station. So I was um, doing different things in front of and behind the camera. I was always in front of the camera reporting. Um, Sometimes you would be your own photographer. Sometimes you would be your own editor. Sometimes you would even do your own live shots, depending on what technology was available at the time. So I did that for 10 years. And While I was at the NBC station in Miami, I had a couple of kids, and after having my second one, it was really hard to parent and have a schedule where I could take my kids to and from school, dealing with all of the holidays where schools are closed. I don't have family here. My husband's family's not here. His job is not a normal nine to five job either. So I had to get out of the business. There really wasn't wasn't more to it than that. So I decided um, the only other thing that I could do that I knew how to do was PR. And that was just based on the fact that I was pitched by publicists all the time. And I don't know, Maria, how you feel about the pitches that you received when you were in TV. But I mean, I think it's safe to say that most of them were terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that they were, I'm going to not say terrible. I'm going to say maybe misguided. You oh, know, so you're nicer than me. <laughs> <laughs> you're nicer than me. Yeah, it was just very obvious that the people on the other end of that email never worked in the media. You know, they never, they never attended one of our morning meetings or they understood what it took to put a newscast together and the elements that we wanted and what we needed. So I said, all right, well, let me get into PR because I know all of that and they don't and they need to know that. So I started applying for jobs at PR agencies and nobody would hire me because I did not have agency experience. Mm. And I would always shoot back with, well, I have experience deleting just about every email that you've ever sent. Would you like to know why? Mm -hmm. It was mind boggling to me that I couldn't get a job. Finally, I did. It was at a firm where they actually only hired former media people because we get it. Um, But even when I was there, there were a lot of things that I saw that I didn't like. There was a lot of, um, you know, like the, the, 
corporate stuff that you don't see when you're in TV news. It was like, oh, let me sweet talk this client and tell them everywhere I could get them so I can close the deal. And I didn't like that. Um, There are so many people, so many um, agencies and firms and people making the sales at these places where they overpromise things that they can't promise mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's earned oh, okay. media. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's still earned media to a certain degree, right? There's still a, a, a level of that. But I agree. I think there's a lot of client-directed, um, I want this story on this, pub, you know, on this outlet or in this publication. And I don't think that some uh, counselors counsel their clients very well on what's possible. You know, it's, um, they don't want to say no. They don't want to say, that's a bad story. No, we're not going to, we're not going to pitch that story. So, um, yeah, I think that's in large part why some of those misguided pitches ended up in your inbox because um, they were probably just going through through the execution they knew it probably had no you know way it was going to end up getting on the air so in large part I think that's part of what we're seeing right but for people on the other side who have been in news like we have we understand what is actually going to get picked up um we understand that there has to be a story there we understand it has to affect people and it has to be new there's lots of reasons why things get picked up but Clearly, this is your business. This is what you counsel your clients on. So I would love to hear what you think the key tips are for getting media placement, especially these days with fewer fewer reporters. Yeah, well, it's just changed so much. And something that I work with both, I have, you know, my PR agency, the bigger business owners, but I also have a media mentoring program where I work with brand new entrepreneurs and solopreneurs to kind of teach them how to be their own publicist. And the media industry, as you know, Maria, it's changing like at warp speed. So I tell people to look at media as a whole, not just earned media, because even that's changing. Like you said, so much is moving towards pay to play because Mm -hmm. people aren't paying attention to traditional advertising like they used to anymore. So I say always look at three forms of media. There's your own media which is your mm-hmm. website and your social media. That's the web, That's the, the media that you can control. You own it. You put it out there. You say what, what goes up or what doesn't. Then there's the earned media, which is, you know, like appearing on a podcast like this one or, you know, getting that airtime on your local TV station or write up in the newspaper. And then there's paid media, which I guess we'll, we'll go with Facebook advertising to keep it simple. It's just the advertising that you pay for. And the big difference between... Um, owned media and paid media that's one you control that you put it out there that's you telling everybody you're great where earned media makes such a big difference is that's somebody else telling you you're great that's somebody else giving you an endorsement that is more of a story instead of something salesy that you may put on your own media or you put out in an advertisement and it's so much more beneficial for you to earn the media, but you also need to have a strong media presence yourself or you're not going to earn it. So for example, Maria, before you invited me to come on your podcast, you probably checked out my website or your social media or my social media. And if it looked terrible, 
you were going to say, no, I'm not bringing her on because by bringing her on, I'm telling people that I believe in what she does. You know, I've, I mm-hmm. got to know her a little bit. I trust her. So I'm going to bring her on my air to share her expertise. So I say before you even start putting yourself out there to earn media, you want to make sure that when people Google you or they go to your website or your Twitter account, that things look good and polished and you look like an expert in your industry. I had a client once who was really close to getting on Good Morning America and for months before um, I pitched Good Morning America, I was telling her, you know, we should really update your website. It doesn't look polished or clean. It's just not very, um, it, it doesn't translate well as your brand does. So, she didn't want to spend the time or money to change it. And at the last minute, Good Morning America said, we can't put her on our show because people are going to go back to her website and it doesn't look mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad reflection of us. Mm-hmm. Right. I bet your client listened after that, huh? I bet that's there's an updated <laughs> website now. <laughs> she did and she did update it. But I mean, again, I mean, the opportunity was gone by that point. It's Good Morning America. They're not going to wait for you. So I think, you know, like in addition to what you were saying about you know, people think they have a great story and they put it out there. I think there's also a misconception about how competitive it is to earn media. People think it's real easy. They think you just send an email and you got a feature in Forbes. And the truth of the matter is, is there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other people in that inbox competing for the exact same thing. So you definitely have to stand out. You don't want to miss an opportunity because this woman, she did change her site after that, but it was too late. That opportunity was missed. It was on to the next. Yep, exactly. It, it And it's so fleeting, isn't it? I mean, the opportunities just whiz by. And if you're not in the right place at the right time, which is kind of my philosophy, and this is what I tell clients, it is you have to find the right porter the reporter have the right story and have it there at the right time I mean it is kind of this magic combination that needs to happen and to your point it's not easy it's not easy at all and I think it's becoming harder and harder to quote-unquote earn media because there are fewer reporters flying faster than ever with so many more news holes to fill and yet they don't have time to even really respond. So my question for you, I think a lot of people struggle with this. How do I find the right media to even pitch? Like, how do I know where my story is going to connect? I think the most important thing is to get straight on your goal. Don't earn media for the sake of earning media. Yeah, it's great to have that logo to put on your website, that content to share on your social media. But at the end of the day, you want that publicity to turn into profit. And if you're not getting in front of the right people, it's not going to turn into profit. So get clear on your goal. If you're a local business and you only work with people locally, then the local media is going to be where it's at for you. Who is reading what you are an expert in? If it's Mm -hmm. business, then look at who the business writers are. If it is um, health, look at who's writing about health or lifestyle locally. So I think you need to get clear on your goal and not just earning media for the sake of earning media because once you have your goal, you know where to look. If it's building your email list, you want to be online or you want to be on podcasts. Um, so you need to look at 
who you want to get in front of and who is already reaching those people. And that's who you want to start building a relationship with and start pitching. And again, like we said, it's not just pitching to pitch, it's pitching to help the journalist. I always say, it's not my job to earn media for you. It's my job to help the journalists do their job. Mm-hmm. And if you can help them with your expertise, that's how you're going to get that promotion that you're looking for. It's not direct. It is a roundabout way. It's here I am. I'm an expert. I'm sharing my expertise and so much value with you. By the way, now you know me. Now you like me. Now you trust me. I'm here when you're ready to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I think you probably end up counseling your clients that this can be a slow burn too, right? This is not instantaneous. Exactly. And I think that's the biggest mistake people make is we live in this world where we want what we want and we want it right now. And it's like, no, you have to nurture people. What is what is the statistic? People need to see something seven or eight times before they decide to buy it. So you need to be seen in the media in a variety of places at a variety of times before people decide they know, like and trust you and want to move forward with your services or your products. So it's definitely like playing the stock market. You're not going to get rich overnight. You have to be strategic and you have to be patient because it takes time. Mm -hmm. So let's say you've gone through that relationship building process. You've found the right media to form the relationships with based on your goals and objectives. You've educated them on your value proposition. Now when you have a story that you think is right for that reporter or editor. Talk about how you position that pitch to capture attention. Well, you hit the nail on the head when you said that there are so much fewer reporters than there have been lately, and there's so much more content. So when you are pitching, you want to give the reporter everything you can on a silver platter. The easier you can make their job, the more likely you are to get coverage. And I can tell you it's shocking how many publicists have not jumped on this because there are publicists who make it so hard to do a job. I mean, I know I would get pitches and I would say, okay, yep, we're, we're ready for that. We'll be there in an hour. And they'll say, oh, no, 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 let's set this up for next week. And it's like, what? I came in here at 9 a.m. I have a story for the 5 o'clock news. Like, if we don't do this now, it's not going to happen. So I think when you pitch a journalist, you need to give them everything you can on a silver platter, and you need to be ready to move right then and there because reporters are working on deadlines. They're not going to wait for what's best. They're going to take what's first. So give them everything you can as soon as you can. And remember, it's all about offering them value. Don't think about promoting yourself. That's going to happen naturally as a side effect of you getting the coverage. Your name is going to be mentioned. Maybe your website will be hyperlinked. As long as you're helping the correct journalist and that journalist is correct because we focused on your goals, we know we're reaching the right people. As long as you're helping them do their job, you're going to get that promotion. So just focus on helping them by giving them as much as you can on a silver platter. Yep. Love it. Exactly. I totally agree. Um, Wouldn't you like to have had that done for you when you you were a working journalist? And it it, never happened, Maria. It never happened. (laughs) No, it never happened. And I think that what that's what makes the good PR people versus the bad PR people, right? You're you're 
thoughtfully teeing up all types of angles and assets and things that the reporter could use. And they can a la carte it, right? Like they have a full array, they have a full buffet, and they have the ability to pick and choose. And yeah, it just doesn't happen. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to tackle another part of your business um, and pick your brain around influencers. That is such a huge thing in public relations today. And there's a lot of debate on the value of influencers. So everybody stick around. Christina Nicholson will be right back when Purse Strings returns. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm WebmasterRadio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing. Maria Retan, Larry Weber, Tim Ash, James and Arlene Martell, Ross Dunn, John Carcutt, Shahab Zagari, Peggy Unsolved, Bennett Kelly, Jillian Music, and Kennedy. From SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry. Please join me in welcoming Andrew Hagford. Pleased to have Jim Lanzone. Please welcome Ariana Huffington. Please welcome Jason Calcanis. On air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Purse Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Rutan. Welcome back. I've been chatting today with Christina Nicholson, founder of Media Maven. And Christina is a former award-winning journalist who today works with companies to help them get their story out there in media. And one of the ways to do that, of course, is through influencers. I mean, media, of course, used to be the only influencer game in town. And now, oh my gosh, there's a whole cottage industry comprised of bloggers and industry experts and celebrities. And I think, Christina, it can be a little over 
overwhelming for people to think about how to even engage an influencer or even how do I know if that influencer is right for my business? What do you, how do you recommend aligning the right influencer for your clients' businesses? Okay, I could go on about this for days, Maria, but I will try to keep it short and sweet. First of all, I I want to define the term influencer because it is not somebody with a blog. It is not just anybody with an Instagram handle. Um, It's not even somebody with an Instagram handle with 100,000 followers because if nobody is liking or commenting on an image, that person's not influential. So if you are thinking about working with influencers, you need to do your homework. You need to look past a pretty blog or a pretty Instagram feed. And that's, I think, the first mistake people are making. They think, oh, they have a blog. They have an Instagram feed. Look at all of their followers. I want to work with them. And they're not doing their homework again to get in front of the right audience. Who's reading this blog? Who's following this influencer? Because we live in a world where everybody wants to be an influencer. They think it's easy money. But the truth of the matter is, it's super hard to get that influencer status, a true influencer. So people are going online and they're buying visits to their website. They're buying followers. They're even buying likes and comments to look like an influencer. So you work with them, but they're not true influencers. So you really need to do your homework to make sure that the person you approach, A, has the right audience you're trying to get in front of, and B, truly is influential. Mm-hmm. That's right. And not just a pretty face on an Instagram feed. <laughs> um, so let's say once you find that influencer, truly that would be an influencer. Where have you seen the most success uh, with that influencer? Ways that maybe some of your clients have activated an influencer and actually seen something happen to their business as a result? Yeah, so there's a few different ways. I think from the get-go, you definitely need to lay out the parameters because when we talk about influencers, then we're moving into pay-to-play. Now, this is where I talked about traditional advertising doesn't work anymore, but this kind of advertising does work because it does not look like advertising. Now, if you're working with an influencer, you're going to pay them in some way, shape, or form, whether that be a free service, a free product, or money for a post or um, an Instagram post, a blog post, whatever it may be. But again, there are influencers out there who are just trying to look like influencers. So you'll invite them um, to your restaurant, you will have them try your service, you will send them your product, and you're waiting for the post and nothing happens. So you need to have some kind of contract in place that says, even if you're not paying them money, you're paying them in product or service, that's still money. That's still costing you time and money. So you need to say, okay, for this, I expect this, whether it be one blog post, two Instagram posts, on this day and you come up with a schedule and deliverables that you both agree on so many people don't do this they host people at their restaurant or their hotel they send them product and then maybe they get one little insta story and that's it and then they're disappointed so you need to lay out those deliverables and you should have a discussion with the influencer like okay where is your audience most active is it youtube is it facebook 
wherever you're going to reach the most amount of people that are the most engaged, that's where you want that influencer to be promoting you. And you want them to promote you in a way that isn't salesy to where it doesn't look like a promotion. It looks like it's just part of their day. So for example, um, uh, one of my one of my friends is a popular YouTuber and she did, you know, like the my morning routine, the five things I do every morning. And one of the things she did that morning was take her vitamins. So she has the five step process. One of them is taking her vitamins. Well, a vitamin company sponsored that video. So people are watching it because they want to see her morning routine and the vitamins are in there. If she made a whole video just about vitamins, A, it would have been off-brand for her, and B, most people would not have paid attention because it sounds salesy. It -hmm. sounds too promotional. So again, you want to take the promotional element out of it and say, how can I use my service or my product to help this influencer reach her audience to where it looks like something that she uses or experiences in her average day? Because mm-hmm. that's why people are following her. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It has to feel organic and I hate the word, but I'll use it. Authentic, right? <laughs> otherwise, uh, otherwise, you know, I, consumers are smart. They're, they're smart and they're going to be like, eh, it's just like an ad. You know, she's getting paid to shill for this vitamin company. So where do you see influencers really being able to move the needle for brands? Is it awareness? Is it actually pulling uh, followers and fans through to a website or an online sale? How far down the funnel do you think an influencer can really get a potential customer? That's a great question. And I think people want to reach out to influencers and media in general, and they want to see the ROI right away. Mm -hmm. But again, like we talked about, you have to touch people in different ways at different times before they make that sale. So I always say marketing and sales is different. Marketing comes first and then comes sales. So I think at the beginning, you are using an influencer to market your brand. I would not get upset if it doesn't end in a sale unless you have used that influencer seven different times in seven different ways. If after seven times you're not making any sales, then that was a bad marketing strategy and we won't do that again. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the day, it's all about awareness. That's what marketing is. It's the visibility. It's always being in somebody's face. So when they do want to buy vitamins or they do want to get that product or experience that service, they know, like, and trust you because they've seen you enough. Mm -hmm. And again, I think so many business owners, whether it be through advertising, influencers, earned media, they think it's going to happen so fast. I mean, I've done social media for companies and we'll post something online and they'll say, what? We posted it on Facebook. How come we didn't make any sales? Like, do you know how many things get posted on Facebook every day? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't turn into a sale like that. You need to nurture people a heck of a lot longer today than you did 10 years ago because there is so much more content in our face. Mm-hmm. So if you're reaching out to an influencer and you're trying to get a sale right away, you're going to be disappointed. Now, there are things you can do, like you can give them a code to use at checkout, like use Christina at checkout and then they can track that and they can actually see how many people are 
going from my channel to their website to make a sale. You could give me a link uh, that is trackable. How many people clicked on my specific link to go to your website? And you can count those clicks. So those are ways that you can track the publicity turning into profit. But again, it's not something that everybody is going to see an ROI from right away. It's part of the marketing strategy. It's part of nurturing and getting people more aware to who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. So we're we're just about out of time, but is, are there other pieces of advice that you want to share that maybe we haven't talked about as we wrap up? I think the biggest reminder would be to be patient and not be overly promotional because if you're too promotional, it's not going to work. And if you get frustrated right away from not seeing an ROI, it's just because you haven't nurtured somebody enough. Mm-hmm. So be patient and don't be too promotional. Beautiful. And I want to remind everyone listening today that they can go online, learn more about you, reach you online as well at MediaMavenAndMore.com. Is there any other place you'd recommend they reach out? Thank you so much. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Christina All Day. And if you want some more tips on how to pitch the media or even pitch influencers, um, you can check that out at MediaMavenAndMore.com slash publicity. Fabulous. Christina, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Maria. And thanks to my producer, George, and join me right here next week for another edition of Purse Strings, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.